0: Shalom, spiritual Mishbuchah, spiritual family, shalom. I am delighted to be here with you today at Grace Assembly. And let me tell you one of the reasons why. Because I am so impressed as a Messianic Jew, a Jewish follower of Yeshua. And you folks know that uh, after Yeshua rose from the dead and ascended into heaven, the missions movement moved because Jewish followers of Yeshua risked their lives to go to the idol-worshiping nations to bring the good news of the God of Israel, the God of heaven and earth, to the people. And they went with compassion. They went with great love, and they risked their lives. And so having this as part of my history as a people, I'm so impressed how your church leadership and you all together respond to the urgent needs around the world. How you came together to help us to respond to the urgent needs of the people of Ukraine once this Russian invasion occurred and how you're working to respond to the urgent needs now in Turkey and Syria of people who are desperately in need. And let me just say to you, you don't need me to say this, but keep on keeping on. Because I know after walking with the Lord 45 years, you know, I came to the Lord when I was minus two years old. Walking with the Lord for 45 years, I know this kind of outreach, compassion, love, warms the heart of our God. Would you agree? Would you agree? Yes. And so today I want to continue to encourage you. I hope that you will be encouraged and inspired by what our partnership is accomplishing together for the suffering, innocent civilians that are the suffering is beyond really imagination sometimes that is occurring as a result of the war in Ukraine. And I trust that you'll be inspired to personally and as a church to continue to move with compassion and show the love of Yeshua Jesus in action. We're going to... Put up this next slide here. Okay, I see it there. And uh, as Pastor Steve, new friend, uh, said, my wife and I, we are co founders of a ministry called Reach Initiative International. It is a messianic Jewish ministry bringing the good news of Yeshua and practical help to Jewish people around the world that have not been touched by the gospel. And we also love the people of the nations equally. And so we bring the good news and the love of God to both Jew and Gentile. And if you would like to find out more about what our partnership is accomplishing together, you can go to our website, reachii.org. It's up on the screen, reachii.org. And uh, we have a lot of testimony, videos and uh, summaries of the different ministry initiatives that God, by God's grace, and with wonderful teams that we have, God is accomplishing wonderful things in Belarus, which is Ukraine's neighbor in the north, where I lived and served for 12 years and still oversee four congregations and a number of ministries there in Ukraine in India where 40,000 young Israelis travel every year shopping spirituality from Eastern mystics and we want them to come to the Yeshua window and so we established a work in India and also in the Jewish homeland. It's nice to see the flag, Israel. And so be encouraged as you uh, check that out and if you want to keep in touch with us To get updates, you can also sign up for our e-newsletter which we send out every week to help our friends pray and to know what's going on. Okay, so we're gonna talk about compassion. We're gonna talk about living a lifestyle of compassion. Not just a project, not just an idea, but a lifestyle. You know, my wife and I, were heartbroken and in shock when on February 24th, we got a call while we were in Israel at 5 a.m. in the morning from our leadership team in Belarus. And they informed us that Russia had attacked Ukraine and they're marching down toward the capital, Kiev. We were totally shocked and heartbroken. And it wasn't long where the destruction of this invasion became evident. And you know, people, you know when we hear numbers like 12 million Ukrainians have had to flee their homes, which is about 25% of the population of the country, we always need to remember that every one of those 12 million, they're a mother, they're a child, They're a grandfather, they're a grandmother, they're people like you and me that are just living in this unfortunate and horrifying situation. Oops. We're having a little slide problem. Can we get that next slide? Oh, there we go. Okay, back one. And so we want to have compassion for suffering Ukrainians. To give you some additional idea of the broad level of destruction, it's reported that more than 500 religious buildings have been destroyed, 1200 schools damaged or destroyed, 1000 healthcare facilities damaged or destroyed and more than 140,000, think about it, 140,000 residential buildings damaged and destroyed, and it keeps going every day, every day. Cities, villages, and towns are being hit by rockets, artillery, and uh, who's suffering? The children, the mothers, the grand, innocent civilians, innocent civilians. And so Yeshua's compassion moves us to be there for these suffering people. And I have to tell you, we have been so moved that so many friends of Reach Initiative, friends like Grace Assembly here in Singapore, have come alongside of us to demonstrate that God remembers the suffering people of Ukraine. The first passage of scripture that the Lord put upon my heart was this one. Remember those who are suffering as if you were suffering with them. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 3. Remember those who are suffering as if you were suffering with them. And so when I, I, I wanted to experience that in my heart and so Soon after the war began, my wife and I, we went into western Ukraine. Western Ukraine has not been hit as hard as eastern and southern, and many Ukrainians that did not flee the country, they are internally displaced people that are looking to settle in western Ukraine. And what I witnessed was very painful. I'll never forget Masha. Masha is a Jewish woman, 80 years old, from the city of Kharkiv, near the border, second largest city in Ukraine, near the border in Ukraine, uh, near the border with Russia. Masha was told by the Jewish agency that they're bringing together the Jewish people to get on a bus the next day and flee for your lives. Well, she came to the bus and they said, sorry, you're not mobile enough. She walks with a cane and they told her to go back home. And her city's getting hit by rockets and artillery every single day. Then one of her neighbors said, get ready because I'm gonna call you, you need to be ready in 10 minutes. And Marsha took a plastic bag, about two, three kilograms with her clothes, another one with two, three kilograms with food and she got on a bus and made a three-day journey, with shooting rockets falling all around, and came across the border into Ukraine, where a church had set up a refugee center. And I want you to picture it: suddenly, all the seats are out of your sanctuary, and there's beds everywhere. And Masha, an 80-year-old with her two plastic bags, is sleeping on the floor, in a daze on a thin mattress. The good news was that thanks to the wonderful help of God's people and also the Israeli government, a few weeks later when we returned to Israel, we met Masha in Jerusalem, and though she still missed home and wanted to go home, she was kind of finding some sense of peace and security in the Jewish homeland, Israel. Let's move to the next slide. Next slide, folks. Okay. So we, we have been serving in this part of the world since 1995, 27 years. And we have spent a lot of time in the Ukraine. We have trusted ministry partners, messianic rabbis and Christian pastors many of them who we've known for more than two decades. And so we made a decision, you know, because uh, there's a lot of corruption in the midst of these kinds of things, and we made a decision. All of the help that we will funnel into Ukraine will go through trusted messianic leaders and Christian pastors who not only will provide practical help, Not only who are brave and inspirational and serve tirelessly, but they will bring the love and the good news, the gospel of Jesus, Yeshua, to the people who need a rock to stand on when everything around them is being destroyed. Now you see that van, uh, the yellow one there? Because of the support of friends like Grace Assembly and others around the world, right at the beginning our partners were telling us, we need vans. Why do we need vans? Because we need to go to the war-torn cities to evacuate women, children, and the elderly, and at the same time bring food and medicine to people now who lack. Imagine if you were taking blood pressure medicine or heart medicine every day and suddenly it doesn't exist. And that was the case. So we were privileged to help our partners and uh, were able to purchase four vans that literally saved lives. Literally saved lives. And thank you for sharing in that with us. Okay. Okay. My friend, Pastor Oleg, who uh, oversees about 16 churches uh, in the southern part of Ukraine. He's a resident of Mykolaiv, where his main church is. I've known him for 27 years. He is a powerful servant of God, a lover of the Jewish people, and a lover of all people. And uh, that is his building. That is his building, and uh, his apartment was shattered. He said it was a miracle that in the whole building, nobody got killed and nobody got seriously injured. It was just people got cut by the glass. It really was, And, and our friends are talking about the hand of God regularly. And I called Pastor Oleg after this, and he said, hey, it's nighttime here. I said, no, it's not nighttime there. He said, oh, yeah, it's just all the boards on my windows, you know. And I said, "Uh, how are you doing? He said, we're fine. God is with us. This is where I'm supposed to be. And then he said this. We get up in the morning. We have coffee. Our city gets hit with rockets. And then we go to work serving others. That's our daily situation bringing food, bringing water. Some of you may be aware that the city of Mykolaiv did not have water running from the faucets for months. Russia had destroyed the pumping system and then they had taken over that territory and did not fix it. So the citizens had no water. People would line up two times a day for hours to get waters from these big water tank trucks. And because of friends like you, we were able to send in generators and well pumps because they were digging wells in the city. And we sent in a thousand life straws. I understand you can drink out of puddles with these life straws, that's how good they are. We sent in a thousand life straws because of the generosity of friends like you to help people have the most basic of basic necessities, water. Water, imagine a life where you're struggling just to have water, just to have water. You know, uh, I want to keep that slide up for a moment. I really want to bring home this word compassion. And so I picked out a few definitions of compassion. The first one says this, compassion literally means to suffer together together. Among emotion researchers, it is defined as the feeling that arises when you are confronted with another suffering and feel motivated to relieve that suffering. Not just feel it, but feel motivated to do something and relieve that suffering. Another definition, compassion means to empathize with someone who is suffering and to feel compelled, even stronger, compelled to reduce the suffering. One more, the meaning of compassion is to recognize the suffering of others and then take action to help. Simple and clear. Recognize the suffering, take action to help. And it's interesting in the Russian language which I learned over the years, the word for compassion is sastradaniya." Can you say that? Sastradania. It means to suffer with, to suffer with. And you know, when we read the scriptures and we examine the life of Yeshua and the Jewish apostles and all the followers of Yeshua, we see that they were often moved with compassion and they took action, love and action, to relieve the suffering of the people, physical suffering and spiritual suffering. You know, I had to ask myself, Thinking about that passage in Hebrews chapter 13, I asked myself, Stuart, what if it was you in Kharkiv or in Mariupol that was reduced to rubble and ash? What if it was you, your children, your 12 grandchildren that were stuck there, that were suffering there, who were living in terror, What would you want people to do? What would you want your brothers and sisters in the body of Messiah to do? Well, I would want them to pray, and I would want them to do whatever they could to help us and all the others around us that were suffering just because we lived there. We did nothing, you know? We just lived there. And so I said to myself, If that's what I would want others to do, then that's what I need to do. And then after a while, as the war kept going on and on, and it's almost a year, February 24th, it's gonna be a year, and uh, it's no longer every day in the headlines like it was those first two, three months, I asked myself, what if it just keeps going on and on like it is, what would I want? people to do. If I was there with my children and grandchildren suffering, I would want them not to forget me. And so the Lord has raised me and my wife and my team, the Reach Initiative team up, to be kind of a shofar. A shofar is, is kind of a trumpet, a ram's horn that we use to sound the alarm or to call people together. And so the Lord is using us as a shofar to remind our brothers and sisters, our spiritual Mishbucha, that the suffering is not getting less with each passing day. It's increasing. It keeps increasing. More people are suffering and more people are suffering more. At the very beginning, and Pastor Steve always remembers this uh, photo, he tells me. At the very beginning, our friends in western Ukraine were turning their congregations into refugee centers. They had no training, no experience, but people were coming. They needed housing, they needed food, they needed clothes, they needed everything. What do they do? So that's the response of compassion. Do what you can. And so Pastor Ina, she rented a restaurant that used to be a wedding venue, big, big place, that was closed for a number of years. They didn't even know if the water would run, but they knew they had to do something. And when we came, they had these wooden pallets on the ground and a blanket on them. And I thought to myself, and my wife thought, people are, fleeing they're traumatized let's put the word out we're gonna buy mattresses so we went back into ukraine and we're walking through this big big superstore with our romanian partners just walking through with eight mattresses ten more and we were able to provide over 40 mattresses so people when they came they felt really loved and when i went back there and people were sleeping on those mattresses they said you know We've lost everything, and to sleep on this mattress, it's like a luxury, you know, it's such a delight. Thank you so much. And that thanks goes to you and all of our partners who are helping consistently. It means so much. It means so much. And of course, feeding people and on and on. And think about it, no more school. And when you're online, the internet doesn't always work. So kids are sitting around, they're bored. And so my wife said, hey, maybe we can help our partners on the ground build a playground. Maybe we can help our partners on the ground run some camps for the kids. And that's what your generosity helped us to accomplish for the children. And Pastor Enos said, the money you sent us last month has arrived. Thank you. I don't know what we would do without your help. Because for quite a few of our partners on the ground, we are the only ones that send them help every single month. And we have made a decision and a commitment to the Lord that for as long as they need us, we're going to be there and we can be there as long as partners like Grace Assembly and others stand with us for the suffering people of Ukraine. That's my wife. I want to make sure you see her. She sends warm greetings. She's my best friend, partner in ministry, and uh, she wished she could have been here, but unfortunately circumstances didn't allow. She's fine. She's healthy. She's the one in the middle there as we're bringing food uh, from Ukraine at the beginning of the uh, from Romania at the beginning of the war into Ukraine. And of, ca- of course, you know, uh, I really uh, relate to the idea that no matter where people are and no matter what circumstances they're in, the best that the world has to provide or the worst that this world has to provide, the love and the hope of Yeshua is the biggest and best thing we can give people. Of course, if they're hungry, we've got to feed them too, right? Right? but we gotta give him the love and the hope of Yeshua, Jesus. And our friend, our partner in Harkif, a city in the east that's continuing to get hit by rockets regularly, and uh, he said this to me. He said, since the war began, we have baptized 40 people and now we have 250 attending service. But you gotta put that into context. When the war began, he had 150 members. He said 60% of them fled. So he's seeing a tremendous hunger. He's preparing another 20 to be immersed in water, baptized. And so I don't know how to fully explain this, but there seems to be this reality that when people lose everything in the material world, people in Kharkiv, they can't go to work, there is no work. There is no school. Everything about life has been disrupted. There's destruction all over. And there's a great spiritual hunger, a great spiritual hunger. And my friends in other war-torn cities are saying the hunger keeps mounting because the people have nothing and they're looking for something. They're looking for something. Let's move to that next slide. So, as winter came, part of the strategy of the Russian invading force was to destroy the infrastructure of Ukraine, which meant to leave the people without electricity and heat. And when there's no electricity, our good friend Masha, who I've known since she's about 16, 17 years old, now has a baby, lives on the 12th floor of an apartment. When there's no electricity, There's no water, there's no light. Heat, no heat. And you know what, you can't get downstairs with the elevator. And so Masha told us a story just to illustrate how this is a domino effect. She said, uh, you know, I had prepared, I prepared the warm food for my baby. The lights have been out for four or five hours already. No running water can't heat anything up, and she said, oh, I saw a light outside my window in a store because not every, every place was without electricity. So she walked down the, t- the 12 flights with her baby, went in the store, bought some food and essentials, and as she's standing online, line, boom, the electricity goes out. And the store clerk said, we're so sorry. You're going to have to come back tomorrow. And so she went back, no elevator, walked up the 12 flights, just just a little kind of idea of how it's just a domino effect of challenges, difficulties, and sufferings. But everything that you read about the Ukrainian people, especially the believers, is true. And I read an article from a gentleman from Singapore who just was on TV here, who was there, I read that article, he said the Ukrainian people are resilient, the Ukrainian people are resilient, 100%. And I can tell you that uh, I've been to many countries around the world, and before the war, the Ukrainian people were resilient, and those people know how to pray. I have never, in any country, been to prayer meetings like I've been to in Ukraine where they pray with such passion, with such faith, spiritual strength in warfare and the presence of God and the spirit of God moves so powerfully. So this is who we're standing together with, the believing community that's ministering to the Jewish people, the non-Jewish people, all over Ukraine. Oh, they're amazing. And so now, on our last trip to Ukraine, and we'll be, after we leave Singapore, we're gonna be in Israel. I'll tell you about that in a minute, but then we're gonna be going into Ukraine. And our last trip in November, our oldest son, Joshua, who's the one in the sunglasses, he joined us. And Joshua's a businessman, and uh, he raised some funds from some of his business friends. And we came, I want you to look at that big wood heater in the middle there. You see a generator and you see a little, wood, a little gas stove on the, uh, my right, but that big wood heater, what a story. So we're in the western city of Ujgorod, western Ukraine and Rabbi Igor is our partner and he takes us to this warehouse that a generous believer had turned into kind of little hotel rooms. Uh, in order to house about 40 people who fled their war-torn cities. And these people, there, some of them were believers. And they had been praying for a couple of months, oh God, it is already getting cold here. You know, in Ukraine it can hit minus 10, minus 20, minus 25, it's cold. And they were praying that God would send them a solution for heat. And so when my son got there, we got together with Rabbi Eager and another pastor and we're brainstorming. And then uh, the owner of the warehouse who invested to make this a refugee center got together and we said, how about if we buy a big wood furnace and uh, we set this up? We can cover the cost because our partners help us. AND SO these, WE WERE AN ANSWER TO THEIR PRAYER. YOU KNOW HOW THAT MAKES YOU FEEL WHEN you, GOD IS USING YOU TO BE AN ANSWER TO SOMEONE'S PRAYER? AND THAT'S THINGS THAT, uh, I MEAN, JUST KIND OF OVERWHELM THE HEART, DOESN'T IT? AND SO THOSE PEOPLE ARE WARM AND COZY THIS WINTER BECAUSE THIS WOOD FURNACE IS DOING A GREAT JOB. And. You can imagine in a war situation, you've got to keep adapting. That's why I stay in regular touch with our partners on the ground to find out what's your greatest need now. You know, not yesterday, not last month, but now. Okay, I want to take you to Israel where we have a welcome home initiative. You know, Tens of thousands of Ukrainian Jews, Russian Jews, Moldovan Jews, Belarusian Jews, they have fled this whole situation and they have made Aliyah or immigrated to Israel. And my daughter who lives in Israel, my oldest daughter, her vision was to have the Messianic Jews be the ones that would meet these new immigrants and to take care of them to love on them. Imagine coming to a land where you don't, you didn't plan on coming, even though it's the Jewish homeland, which is a nice thing for Jewish people. You didn't plan on this. You don't know the language. You don't know the culture. You know, in Jerusalem on the Sabbath day, all the stores are closed. And one of the uh, uh, new refugees called my daughter and said, I can't find any food. Oh, Sorry, I didn't let you know. I forgot to let you know all the stores are closed today. It's the Sabbath, and so the vision was that. And I want to quote my daughter because she said it so beautiful. We want the messianic community to be the first people, the refugees making aliyah, immigrating, meet. We want them to experience Yeshua's love through us and fall in love with Him, and this is happening. On the left, you see this old gentleman Joseph. My daughter had COVID. She was in the COVID ward and so was Joseph. He had just fled from Kharkiv. I mentioned that city. And uh, my daughter swung into action. He and his daughter are now regularly attending Her congregation, and they are born again into the kingdom because of the love they've been shown. We have been able to help them navigate life, open bank accounts, get the help they need, uh, provide them with essentials, and even help those who had greatest need buy appliances like refrigerators and beds to sleep on. So it's been. Very exciting, we've already helped over 200 families. We have many more on the waiting list and as God provides, we're gonna continue to labor and love and I believe we're gonna see many come into the kingdom of God, many Jewish people through it. I wanna quickly just take you into Galena's life. By the way, that middle photo, uh, you know, for Jewish people celebrating Passover is a big celebration. And at the end of our Passover celebration, we often say L'Shanah Haba VYerushalayim, next year in Jerusalem. Well for 80 Ukrainian Jewish refugees, we Messianic Jews gave them their first Passover in the Jewish homeland and they were so moved that they were so honored in this way by the Messianics. And uh, so this is exciting. This is Galina and her family. Her mom is a Holocaust survivor. She fled Mariupol, which is now in total ruin, ashes, rubble. She fled Mariupol the first time when the Nazis invaded during the Holocaust. She's a Holocaust survivor. This time, on exactly March 12th, a rocket hit Galina's mother and father's apartment building. They were stuck in it. Galena came and she realized they can't get out of their apartment. They're on the second floor. Somehow she found something to climb up, get the door open, get them out, and they made a decision despite the fact that many people at this season in March who were fleeing Mariupol were getting shot in their cars or hit by artillery in their cars and they were no more. They made a decision to flee. And so they fled. It was a journey that normally should take not a couple hours, you know, a few hours, it took weeks. And they got over the border and then they came to Israel. Our Welcome Home team met them. Galena and her sister Yulia are now born again into the kingdom of God. And Galena is such a wonderful and special person. She is now working with our team as a volunteer to serve Holocaust survivors and others in need. Isn't that beautiful? Speaking of Holocaust survivors, I just want to give you a sense. We are serving more than 500 Holocaust survivors throughout Israel and Belarus week after week following the pattern that the Lord has given us to love people into the kingdom of God one at a time. And the leader of this association said to us, you know one thing we like about you, Stuart, and your team You don't do things only for us. You do things with us. We are in their lives, loving them, serving them, unconditionally looking for nothing in return. And since the beginning of the pandemic, we've seen an amazing breakthrough. 21 Holocaust survivors have embraced the Lord, their Messiah, the lover of their souls. And he's bringing them comfort after the aftermath of great suffering. We take them on all kinds of trips to biblical sites. We have home groups. We visit the ones that are stuck in their homes, can't get out because of health reasons. And I just wanna share with you this last slide. Um, This is our book that my wife and I co-authored. This is a book that is unique amongst books written about the Holocaust. What's unique about this book? This book is told, history is told through the eyes of 15 Holocaust survivors who became like family to us. And 14 of them have embraced the Lord Yeshua. And they testify about it. Some have already passed on to be with the Lord. And so if you're interested in getting this book, we even ship it to Singapore, even though it's a long way away, you can go to our website, reachii.org, R-E-A-C-H-I-I.org, and we'll be happy to uh, send you a copy of that book. All the information is on our website. And I just uh, wanna jump to this because it's in your backyard. We've been ministering in India since 2007, because as I mentioned, more than 40,000 young Israelis before COVID were traveling to India. And as my wife likes to say, they were shopping spirituality from the new ages, the gurus, the mystics, the Buddhists, etc. And so we set up shops so that they could come to the Yeshua, the Jesus window. And uh, God had us build In the foothills of the Himalayas, Sunrise, that's that building you see that's red. And uh, it's a guest house, an outreach center where hundreds of Israelis come every year. And we just love on them. And most Israelis have never heard the good news. Unreached People Group. Unreached People Group. And we are doing our part to change all that So maybe some of you will come and volunteer at sunrise sometime. Okay, let's bring this to a close. Compassion. It's not just a feeling. Compassion is love in action. Feeling compelled to relieve the suffering of others. Let's pray. Avinu malkeinu, our great father, our king. You are the author of life. You are love, you are the author of all that is good, and we are so grateful that you have looked upon each and every one of us with compassion and mercy because we Jewish people, Singaporeans, people from every nation, we were like sheep without a shepherd. And you sent the shepherd, the lover of our souls, to die for our sins and he rose from the dead and when we receive him we are born again given a new life to follow as your talmidim your disciples yeshua to follow your example of compassion love and action and to bring practical help and eternal help to a lost hurting and dying world thank you that we can partner together in your glorious kingdom work and I pray that you continue to expand the tents of this church. I thank you for their love for all people and their love for the people of Israel, the Jewish people. Expand their tents, increase their anointing, increase their harvest for your glory and for the salvation and benefit of Jews and Gentiles all around the world. Thank you, Lord. We can say thank you, thank you, thank you a hundred times. We're so grateful for your love, mercy and grace. Amen.
1: Shall we give a hand to Rabbi Stewart? Hallelujah. he summarized it so well compassion is love in action compassion is love in action people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care can I hear a lot amen to that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care so shall we take our alabaster jar to the Lord and break it at his feet and say Lord use it for the glory and the extension of your name, shall we? Let us all rise and worship the Lord right now. Hallelujah.
2: Thank you, Jesus. And here I am, take me as an offering. Oh yes, Lord, use
1: us. Take us, over. Here I am, giving.
2: Every heart for your glory.
1: As you hear the message from Rabbi Stewart. There is a world outside our window, there are needs out there. We can do something, we can be involved in missions. So, as the worship team continues to lead us in this song, can I just make an order to call to all of us here? If this year you want to involved in a missions trip in 2023 to go out there as the Lord commands us in the Great Commission to go out to go and make disciples on nation if that is you can I invite you to come to the front as the worship team lists us in this song once again just come to the front yes you do not know whether your leave will be approved you even do not know if your spouse will allow you to go but can you just take the step of faith there could be 101 reasons not to go but it's just take a faith to tell the Lord, Lord, use me. Use me in the nations. Use me to make a difference. Use me to make an impact, to transform lives, to transform communities. If that is you, can I invite you to come to the front? We want to pray with you. Come on, let's praise the Lord right now. Hallelujah.
2: So here I am. Take me.
1: to the front we're going to pray with you we're going to pray a, a prayer of empowerment a prayer of anointing over your life and for the lord to use you in the nations to expand his kingdom for his glory hallelujah hallelujah you come to the front and tell the lord right now use me oh hallelujah
2: Lord, we give your you oh, heart of Father Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul, I live for you, oh, Lord. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake.
1: Before Your throne, right now, Father.
2: I live for You, Lord. Every oh, moment I I every moment I'm awake. Lord, have Your way with me.
1: Come on, church. This morning, have you seen the video of Grace Mission's work in the nations? and you have heard what Rabbis do has shared of this in the nations and perhaps in your heart you have a full-time ministry calling into missions I do not know who are you I don't know where you are right now maybe you are view- viewing this online I just sense that some of us here you have a full-time ministry call but you are trying to ignore it or you are trying to confirm it but I want to tell you this morning You do not have to journey alone in this missions call. We have country directors, we have missionaries, we have pastors who want to discern the call with you together. If any one of us here this morning and those watching online, if you have a full-time missions call, as a leadership team leads us in the chorus once again, can I invite you to come to the front and indicate to our pastors that, Pastor, I sense a full-time call in my life. Can you pray with me? Can you journey with me? Can you take the step of faith to come to the front right now as we worship the Lord? Hallelujah.
2: Lord, I give You. Lord, I give You my heart. I give You my soul. And I live for You alone. Every breath that I take Every moment I wake Lord, have your way in me Lord, I give you my heart I give you my soul And I live for you alone Every breath that I take remove the time away lord have your way in me
1: hallelujah the heavenly father we give you thanks we give you thanks for the life of our brother and sisters right here at the altar call for those who have come forward in faith that they have consecrated themselves and they have committed to you O oh father to be involved in missions go into the nations and to make an impact. Lord, we ask that you use them, you anoint them, you lead them and guide them, O oh Father, as they go to the nations. Lord, use them for the glory of your name. Lord, I ask, the oh Lord Jesus, that as we avail ourselves, I break our alabaster jar at your feet, O oh Lord. Lord, we pray you will be pleased and you will delight in our life as an offering to you. So Lord, we give you thanks for what we have done through the life of our brothers and sisters and what we have done in Grace Missions Lord we know we'll be out there and we will not stop and we must not stop till we see every mouth declaring Jesus is Lord and more people more like Jesus and for those of us Lord Father that's come to you in prayer saying that Lord I have a full-time ministry Lord I pray that you make that call clearer and clearer in their life each day to the day they'll step forth forward in faith to be used by you in the nations. So we commit grace to your hands. We commit everyone to unto your mighty hands. In Jesus' name we pray, and now God's people say, Amen.